back! I hope everyone had such a safe holiday weekend filled with reflection and staying the fuck home and wearing your fucking mask and reading Frederick Douglass' speech, What the Slave is the Fourth of July, and all that fun holiday weekend stuff. Today, we are sharing an interview with our friend Diana. She discusses being African-American and discovering her own internal biases. I really enjoyed getting to know her and hearing her perspective, and I hope you did too. Enjoy. Has it been lonely during coronavirus? Yeah, I, I've had moments, especially during um, the current situation with a lot of the... Uh, Black Lives Matter and uh, racism being brought up and everyone's like, huh, this is a pretty bad thing. Um, so just like being around that, I think it's kind of hard. Um, uh, luckily, uh, I have family that lives not too far away. Uh, so I was able to visit them for a little bit and come back. Um, but yeah, like before that, it was just kind of like you're, you just find yourself sitting in a chair, just like, what are we going to do today? I guess maybe we'll make banana bread, but people are dying. I don't know what to So you're just like stuck with your thoughts. Um, that's probably, yeah, that's probably like maybe a downside to it, but. Yeah. How has it been for you recently with uh, current political climate with Black Lives Matter coming about? Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's, um, it's really, I feel like the, I've, like a blindfold has been taken off of me, like, cause there's so much stuff that I was taught, not just like my parents, but just like in America, I've, it's been ingrained of like, this is how we do things. This is bad. This is good. And like my, pers- my perspective on black men has always, there's always been like some underlying fear there. And it was always like, why do I feel this way about my own people? Like, and so having all of this happen, it seems, it feels like, uh, you know, there, our society has brainwashed a lot of people into believing, you know, all black men are dangerous. All black women are um, masculine, unattractive, or not desirable. And so I've been learning a lot about, uh, how much white supremacy controls people. And, uh, so it's kind of like, I, I, I've just had a lot to think about. And, uh, one thing that's in my brain right now is, uh, I know, uh, a lot about the Holocaust. Uh, I see a lot of movies and read a lot of books, um, but I just found out about Tulsa, Oklahoma last week from Instagram, which is like, what? Like that's that's crazy. Um, I found out about it because I watched Watchmen on. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I heard. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like when that came out. I don't know. I heard about it, but it was like, oh, it's this like, uh, this like African, uh, mythical story about this town that was just, and it was like, oh my gosh, wait, no, this is real history that has happened that the, 
society wants us to like, no, 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 we don't, we don't talk about that. And uh, just so much, so many facts and, and, and so many facts that, that are being revealed that are making me see like, oh, wait, yeah, this, this country is, I mean, of course, slavery and everything, but you, you can't understand American history unless you understand African American history. Cause it's, if you take that part out, it's kind of like, we've always been great. Everything's fine. But there's this, this whole other world that's, that, that's being erased that, and without knowing that we're just going to continue making, uh, the same mistakes. That was a long answer. (laughs) I mean, yeah, let's, let's go there. Let's talk about it. I learned, uh, gosh, I don't, I were also on Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, the ice cream truck song. Somebody posted here, but like the original. Yeah. I don't think I heard it, but I, I like read that, you know, the story about the ice cream and I was like the ice cream truck song. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I the wherever I saw it, I swiped and it showed the original cartoon and the original song and the original record, and you're just like I'm. Oh my god! It's so ingrained in our society, and it's so, my god! Like, yeah, it's nuts. Crazy, we're learning shit from Instagram. I, uh, Instagram like knows me so well because I am so addicted to it that it started like, uh, first of all, my Explorer page is like very black now mm-hmm. uh, before all of this, had, which is kind of like, oh, no, what was I, you know, into and was like, oh, this is beautiful. And this mm, it's not my thing. But um, like I, it would post certain, you know, how it posts like clothes to buy and stuff. So mm-hmm. there's a site on there that I was like, ah, I needed to buy these clothes and I got the clothes. They're great. They, they were cheap. They, probably made in a factory so maybe I should stop doing that but now it's recommending like all this African art and all of these books written by African-American people and I I bought one of the books and it's very good it's like a African folklore fantasy and I was like oh I never okay Instagram okay thank you wow usually it's like how dare you Instagram but now it's like oh Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's turning into like a place to get information, which is not what I thought would ever happen. So, yeah. Have you been, have, has there been anyone in your life posting views that surprise you on Instagram? Most of the people that I follow are saying things that I'm like, yeah, I, that's good. I am happy you were saying that. Um, and then I'll notice that there are people that I follow that aren't really posting anything or, you know, their, their stories are still like, look at my new muscle in my arm or something like that. And it's like, okay, may, I mean, like people protest and speak out in a variety of different ways. It doesn't just mean like, you've got to post so that people to prove to people that you, this is something that you care about, but, um, no, nothing surprised me. So when I see people that aren't really posting a lot about it, because like with the first week that this all started happening, this was like the only thing you could see on Instagram. 
And so those people who like weren't doing anything just kind of ignored. Then I was like, okay, well, I don't really know you that well. I, I guess I don't need to know about your life. That's, that's okay. So nothing, nothing surprising, I don't think. Mm. And you said you have, you have family close by? Yeah. I say close, they're five hours north, but it's in California. That's it's close enough. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they're in like a nice, uh, oasis away from LA. So it's nice to go up there and my parents are, both of my parents are black and they're, every time I call them, I'm like, first it was the coronavirus and I'm like, are you guys okay? And they're like, we're fine. Calm down. And now it's like with all of the social injustices and the politics and everything, I'm like, I'm scared. And they're like, girl, just relax. It's okay. It's not okay, but you're going to be okay. Um, so there it's, I have a very good, uh, family support environment. So glad. And you're taking care of your heart. It sounds like your heart's okay. You're feeling okay today. Yeah. I, this week so far, I mean, this is the week last week I went home for a week and like recovered or something and came back and now I'm like, okay, I feel a lot more grounded and, you know, I can see stuff on the news and, you know, it's scary and heartbreaking, but I'm still able to like, but it, America is transforming because it has no other choice. So it it has to. Um, so I'm kind of like, telling, telling myself that because it, it, it's, it's true. It, we, there's no going back to the way it was. I saw a post that was like, we can't go back to normal because normal was shit. Like we can't, I don't know if I can, whatever. Of but you can. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I remember one episode and I was like, oh, okay. They swear. It's, it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've got a, I, I've always had like a good mental state. So I'm doing all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can we talk a bit more about uh, being confronted with, you know, beliefs you didn't even know you had? So mm-hmm. you said you uh, had even realized you were carrying beliefs about um, Black men being scary, even though, uh, you know, you're Black. Or can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I, uh, so I grew up in a um, white, Hispanic, Asian community, and there were like sprinkles of black people around, but in high school, middle school, elementary school, I always had like, if not white, maybe Filipino friends or Hispanic friends, but it, and maybe just like one or two black friends that I like wouldn't really talk to that much. Um, and so when I went to college, uh, I was around a lot more people from different backgrounds, but then I met two people in particular who were both black and they became like my closest friends and they brought me to a lot of like black student union clubs. And, and I remember we went to this party and I was terrified. I was like, Oh my, like it was party in someone's house and it was only black people there and I was like this is very scary and my friends were just like what why are you it's okay and I was like but but they're probably gonna like I don't know grab me or something and it's like do you think like 
it's, uh, you know, we wouldn't. So I remember that experience, but I also remember there was this group of guys who, whenever they would see me, they would say like, you know, Hey, how's it going? Or something like that. And I was just like, Oh my God. Um, and just like kind of run away. And then it was like junior year or something. I was in the laundry room and I saw one of the guys and I kind of like hurried past him and he was just like, hello, how are you? And I was like, uh, I'm, I'm fine. And so I think about that and it was like, he, he, he was just like, why, why, why are you being so weird? Why, why aren't you engaging with our community? Like you're a part of this community. Why are you? And it was, it was, it was a moment that I've been thinking about a lot of like, it's been very eye-opening that there's this whole part of the black community that I've never really allowed myself to be a part of or really grew up in. Um, but I've only viewed it from like white America's point of view of like, this is what black people are like. And you see it in movies and TV and ads and everything. And, um, it was like, okay, that's, that's how I view them. But it's, that's not, that's how people, that's how America wants us to view black people. And it's like, that's, no, right. yeah. <laughs> I'm very thankful that I, I now have a lot of friends who are black that I can talk to about this stuff. And like, this is how I feel. Is, is that weird? And they're like, no, we've all been hypnotized. It's you're okay. As long as you realize it now or something. And my friend was telling me that there was this film that came out. It was like one of the first films to be shown worldwide and it depicted um black men who were played by white men and depicted them as like people who were you know hunting down white women and they're dangerous and so that stereotype has so subtly been uh leaked into all of not all but like a lot of the films and projects that you see today and uh so it's like oh okay so it's it's there it's so clever that it's like I can't even don't even know how this started but I was always like oh yeah okay I I see that so it's just really interesting to when you talked about being hypnotized mm-hmm. uh can you talk about that yeah I think uh with like being hypnotized or growing up being taught to think a certain way about certain people. An example, uh, when I was younger, I always, even my mom, uh, we always uh, straightened our hair. And this is a wig, but um, we, we would always straighten our hair. And I don't remember ever, I never really saw my natural hair until... 2015 and because I would always like get relaxers and everything and uh you know growing up with with white friends and you know you're just like oh I see their hair and when we all go to the pool and we get our hair wet it it gets wet but then it also it dries and it looks the same and I was like why doesn't my hair do that 
oh, I need to try to get my hair to look that way because what I have is wrong because um, the media and society is teaching me that this is beautiful and uh, a messy bun. Oh, that's it's messy, but it's chic. But then, you know, if I put my hair up in a bun and I have like these baby hairs that kind of like stick straight out, it's like, oh, that's, did you just wake up? Like that, that isn't. So I guess that's, that's kind of what I mean about hypnotize being brainwashed into thinking, you know, this, this is pretty white people are pretty black people. If they try to look more like white people, then we'll accept them kind of thing. So that's, I think that's what the hypnosis. Yeah. I, my best friend growing up, um, she's biracial and now she's starting to have a voice uh, to speak about the, the hair straightening and the obsession with that. And uh, yeah, it's just so, it's crazy. The, that makes total sense. Like, of course. <laughs> and I think about like, I'm also kind of glad that I straightened my hair because my natural hair, I have a lot of it and it is, a lot of work and a lot of maintenance. Um, I get like braids or singleese twists a lot and it's easy to just put up and go out the door. Um, I do love my natural hair. All women out there who are like, natural hair is beautiful. I'm like, yes, I agree. But it is tiring and it's a lot of work and sometimes I just want to put on a wig and that's okay if I want to do that. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fair, super fair. Your body, do whatever the fuck you want with it. <laughs> There's like this whole other network or community that I only know one side of and um and like thinking about past experiences differently now as like no, I wasn't in danger. I was fine. Like uh so I don't know, it, it, it feels like I had a moment where I was worried that it was going to feel like, oh, this sounds so awful to say. I was worried that it was going to feel like a trend, like, oh, wow, I'm into this now. I'm going to buy artwork by Black people. I'm going to read stuff by Black people. And then slowly I'll just go back to having the interest that I had before, but, um, I don't, I don't think that's not going to happen because this, this community has so much meaning and, you know, seeing my parents have, have, are, they're very proud of who they are and where they come from. My mom grew up in Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama. My dad grew up in Chicago and my mom would tell me stories about, you know, the KKK would be scoping their neighborhood and her, my grandfather, her dad, and a bunch of the other dads in the neighborhood would like get in their cars and arm themselves, like ready to scare away the Klansmen who are coming down the street, like get out of our neighborhood. And, or like, 
my mom telling me the church that killed the four young girls was two blocks down from her church that she goes to. And she was like, I had to get out of the South. And um, she raised my sister and I like from what she went through, she's like, you know, she was always told, you know, uh, black people are stupid and inarticulate and uncivilized. And so she was like, my children, I, she was very strict about, you know, like how we spoke and how we acted. And, um, so we would have to do like debutante training and, uh, speech classes and read a lot. And she, um, so I feel that, uh, having the veil lifted, I guess, is making me really appreciate being African-American and listening to the sto- the, the stories, the experiences that my parents went through was like, that's a part of me too. Like their strength, my ancestors' strength, is in me as well. So this, this isn't going to be something that's like, Ooh, being black is in, I'm into being black. It's like, uh, I, I think I'm discovering another side of myself that, uh, I had no idea. And I think it's, I think it's such a beautiful thing. And, um, I feel more, confident when I walk down the street now like yeah I've got hips and my butt's big and I look good and it's okay so yeah it's pretty cool pretty cool I love that that's so beautiful is there anything else you want to add it sounds so cheesy I do have a responsibility to educate myself on my history and African-American history and um, I don't want to just post about things or post clever things and then be like, cool, I did that. Now everybody knows that I'm a part of it. I know what's going on. Cause I want to be able to have conversations and know what I'm talking about. Not just like, just like look it up or find a clever article or something like that. I like, it's like when you join a club, you don't want to be like, yep, I got the jacket. It's like, no, you need to, you need to understand what this community is about and how powerful it is and how, how much determination that African-Americans have, that people of color have. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't, I know that I, having this newfound revelation, it can't just stop there. I can't just like give myself credit that like, Oh, I figured it out. Like I need to, I need to do the work and the research. Like I see all of my non-black friends who are like studying and stuff and I don't want to be just like, well, I'm black, so I don't need to do that. Right. And it's like, no, I, I definitely need to do that. So, um, that I can use my voice. So I have one. Thank you to Deanna for sharing with us today. Uh, I really, really enjoyed speaking with you. If you're interested in joining me as I learn my anti-racist work, the friend I refer to in this episode is currently hosting a book club called Dinner Talk. 
In it, we are reading books by Black authors, and each week we are sent prompts to discuss at the dinner table. Right now, we are reading Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria by Dr. Beverly Daniel Tatum, and I'm really enjoying these conversations. Uh, Send us an email if you want to be added to that list. Dirty Girl is produced by me, Heather Ann Gottlieb, along with Cameron Taggy, Tristan Bankston, and Alex Salem. We are distributed by the Hoo Ha Ha Podcast Network. Our logo was designed by Kevin Laughlin. 